Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a fifth grade experience. This is Mr. Bramer here, and we've got a little episode for you today that is brought to you by the Black Lake Sturgeon for Tomorrow chapter. We're going to teach you a little bit about sturgeon, lake sturgeon. In fact, Mr. Bramer's class, we have an endangered species as a classroom pet. Sounds cool, right? Yeah, it's really cool. You should come check it out if you're close by. And we're going to bring in a special guest today. Our special guest is Drift, the lake sturgeon from last year. Yeah, he was our classroom pet. We had to release him a little er early due to COVID-19. But I brought him back out of the river just to tell you a little bit more about lake sturgeon. So get ready. You're about to learn something. How's it going, Drift? How you doing, Mr. Bramer? Wow, Drift. You have a really deep voice for a young sturgeon. I know. It's incredibly odd, isn't it? Well, hey, Drift, can you tell us a little bit more about lake sturgeon? Our listeners want to know. Why, certainly, Mr. Bramer. I'm a lake sturgeon, also known as Asapens or Fulvens, and I'm very old. Well, my family's very old. Anyways, my ancestors swam with the dinosaurs. That's right. 136 million years ago. It's been a minute. Uh, there were once many, many members of my family living in North America, from Hudson Bay in Canada to the Great Lakes, large rivers like the Mississippi and inland lakes like Black Lake in Michigan. In 1885, and that's been a minute or two as well, 8.6 million pounds of sturgeon were caught by commercial fishermen. Now, we are listed as a threatened species in Michigan and listed as a threatened or endangered species in 19 of the 20 states where we once lived. Wow, Drift. That's fascinating. Can you tell us more? Why, certainly, Mr. Bramer. I would love to with my deep voice, which is incredibly odd for a fish. I don't look like most other living things today. Actually, I'm kind of prehistoric. I'm pretty cool. Instead of scales for protection, like many other fish, I have five rows of scoots along my back, sides, and belly. They are very sharp when I'm young and ward off many predators, but as I grow older, I can grow to be as so big that predators leave me alone and my scoots are not as sharp. Although I'm classified as a bony fish, my skeleton is almost entirely made of cartilage, like sharks. I'm actually a cousin to a shark. Don't worry, I won't bite you. I don't have any teeth. That's cool. Tell me more, Drift. Sure thing, Mr. Bramer. I got no teeth, so don't worry about uh, me biting you or me going to the dentist. <laughs> okay, sorry, tough crowd. I'm a benthivore, which means that I eat food off the bottom of lakes and rivers by sucking them up with my mouth, which I'm able to extend out to the bottom like a vacuum hose. My favorite foods are benthic macroinvertebrates. Yes, say that three times fast. Benthic macroinvertebrates. Benthic macroinvertebrates. Yeah, I can't even do it. Basically, it means little bugs that live in the water. That's a lot easier to say. Little bugs that live in the water. Little bugs that live in the water. Little bugs that live in the water. Otherwise known as benthic macroinvertebrates for you scientific mumbo jumbo fans out there. Wow, Drift. You are just so full of knowledge. Huh. Thank you, Mr. Bramer. I learned it all in your class. I'm one of the only sturgeon to have actually gone to school. Most of sturgeon in the Gray Lakes don't go to school. Well, anyways, let's move on. Benthic macroinvertebrates are organisms without backbones, and they live on the bottom of lakes and rivers. These include insect larvae, like dragonfly larvae, crayfish, snails, clams, and leeches. I like to find them on the bottom of lakes and rivers and <sighs> suck them up with my vacuum hose, and they are tiggity-tiggity tasty. 
Drift, you know, I prefer pizza. Although, I've recently become allergic to it. You're allergic to pizza, Mr. Bramer? Yeah, I know, it's true. Students never believe it, but it's true. Oh, dude. That's hardcore. But hey, you should try some benthic macroinvertebrates, man. They're tasty. Maybe I'll do that one of these days, Drift. Keep going. Okay, I got four barbels. Sometimes people think that they're whiskers, but they're not. They're barbels. They're feelers. They're like taste buds. They hang down in a row in front of my mouth. And these barbels are what I use to find food. I keep my mouth and my lips up close to my head until I find food. I can't really see that well. I use my barbels to find food most of the time. I have a heteroserical tail, kind of like a shark's tail. And I like to swim fast. You don't think I'm very fast, but if you see me in the wild, woo, I'm like an Olympic sprinter. Try to keep up, even with fins, bet you can. Anyways, most of the time I like to swim slowly along the bottom of a lake or river and drag my barbels through the mud. When my barbels find food, I stretch out my protrusible mouth and I <coughs> suck it up whole. Yeah, kind of a bummer if you're a benthic macroinvertebrate, dude. Of course, I also get silt, sand, gravel, and other things from the mud. The stuff I can't eat goes through my gills, so only the food remains in my stomach. And I usually prefer water temperatures between 50 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, and water depths around 15 to 30 feet. Members of my family live a long time. My brothers live at least 55 years, and my sisters may live over 100 years. We can also become very big. We can grow over to be over 200 pounds and more than seven feet long. My sisters will not start laying eggs until they're 21 to 33 years old. And my brothers will not be become mature adults until they're eight to 12 years old. My sisters will spawn, which means lay eggs, only once every four to nine years. My brothers join them every two to seven years. Wow, Drift, you are, you know what? You learned so much when you were in my class. Thanks for coming back. We really appreciate having you as a guest on today's podcast. Thanks, Mr. Bramer, but I got more to tell. Do so, please. Yeah, well, a female sturgeon lays about 4,000 to 7,000 eggs for every pound she weighs. A female sturgeon netted by researchers in 2013 weighed 157 pounds. That means she may have laid 1,099,000 eggs. The eggs are very small, about one-eighth inch or three millimeters. She doesn't lay eggs in a nest, like a bird, but instead... She spreads them out like a B-17 carpet bomber. She goes along the river bottom and the eggs everywhere into the rocks and crevices where the reaction on the outer surface of the fertilized egg makes them sticky and gluey to the rocks while they grow. Less than 1% of these 1.1 million eggs will become fish. Most of them will not survive, become adults. (laughs) Luckily, I did. I'm a one percenter. China. Wait, I don't have. Moving on. Many eggs are actually eaten by predators, such as crayfish, especially the rusty crayfish, which is an invasive species in Michigan, and other fish such as largemouth bass. Changes in water temperature and speed and disease will kill many more of my eggs, my baby fish. Wow, Drift. That was an amazing just information about sturgeon. Hey, Drift, where can we learn more? Well, Mr. Bramer, you're in luck. Listeners, you're in luck. If you go to www.sturgeonfortomorrow.org, you can learn all about Fight, Save, Me and My Family Members. Sturgeon for Tomorrow.
Bramer.org. Hey, I'll see you out in the waters, Mr. Bramer. I heard you like to kite, kite surf. Maybe one of these days we'll cross paths. If you see me in the lake someday, don't forget to stop and say hey. I think that reminds me of a song I've heard once or twice. All right, Mr. Bramer, thanks for having me on your show. Thanks a lot, Drift. We really appreciate you coming in and checking us out. Listeners, friends, hey, that was a great episode. And look forward to more interesting tidbits from my students about what they've learned about Lake Sturgeon coming up soon. See you next time. Thank you.